you know, it wasn't time wasted. I think everybody's journey here, kind of what I'm getting at is so different, right? Like you hear of people that get into the business and, you know, within six weeks or three months, they've already found their first deal and are putting things together. And, you know, I always say my only competition is myself and, you know, I can be a cheerleader for everybody else and certainly try and still continue to add value, which which is another thing I should say. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know. Share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to Weiss Advice. I am your host, as always, Yona Weiss. Thank you again for joining us. And we are privileged to be sitting here together with, well, virtually at least, Chelsea Garber, all the way out in Utah. What's a New Yorker doing in Utah? That's what I want to know. <laughs> a New Yorker in Utah is it's a good question. Um, I have no neighbors. I look at the trees. <laughs> I ski. Life is life is easy. I get in my car. I drive to the grocery store. Most things that normal people take for granted. Well, that's great. That's great. I love that. You know, just living the life you want to live. Um, that's that's the most important thing. And Utah is a beautiful place. It is. So, you know, good for you for making that move, you know, living it up. But I want to give our, our listeners a little bit of context. Who's this Who's this uh, New Yorker living in Utah that we're talking about today? Chelsea Garber is a real estate investor. She is a syndicator. She's an entrepreneur. But more importantly, she is a designer, right? She actually has a company called Real Estate by Design, which are, so excuse me, ROI by design. I hope my editors will catch that. Um, and what that does, it's, it's really a company. It's a design company that helps real estate, basically multifamily investors. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about this. And we had a whole uh, session on our, our Wednesday meetup about this not, not too long ago. So I should know more about it. But what you do is you help multifamily investors by increasing their ROI by designing efficiently things you know in their property, outside their property that may be overlooking. And so by being a 20-year you know, interior designer, I don't want to age you now. <laughs> you know, for five years at least, you've been an interior designer. And uh, how, you know, that's helped you along the way. So maybe let's talk before we... I keep talking and this is just going nowhere. So Chelsea, tell us a little more about that, the ROI by design. Yeah. So, well, first and foremost, you know, thanks for having me. It's, it's really an honor to be here with, you know, the one and only Yona Weiss of all people. And yeah, so it's kind of an interesting story. My, my professional background and career has always been in interior design, construction, project management, lived in worked in New York City for over a decade and owned design firms, both in the high-end residential space as well as the commercial space. And really, that was that was my life. And it's also the reason why I got into multifamily, um, because that business burnt me out. And so kind of asking, you know, how does a New Yorker end up in Park City? It's, you know, pounding the pavement in New York City from through college and post-college and, you know, working for other design firms while growing my own business. And you know, really, I guess kind of to tell you to take a step back to kind of tell you how I got to ROI by design. I think it's important to know kind of how I got into real estate because ROI by design is, was the birth of, you know, my passion for multifamily real estate and my professional uh, career in, you know, various forms of residential and commercial design. So the two really go hand in hand for me. You know, so again, to take a step back, as, as I've mentioned, you know, I really, 
I, I have knowledge in, in real estate. At, up until no point did I own any real estate. However, I saw real estate as an avenue to success outside of... I can't even say 9 to 5 job because I was working a 9 to 5 job and then running my own design firm and eventually went out, you know, on my own about 6 or 7 years ago. Right. And you know, I know one of the things you you ask is, you know, what's your version of of success and I'll, I'll get to that, you know, later, but you know, for me at the time being in in my 20s for me success was was making money and that's all I could think about and you know, hustling and I had goals and I wanted to get there and I thought you know, when I got a certain number in my bank account, all my problems were going to go away and life was going to be easier. And in fact, it was quite the opposite. You know, at the peak of my career, I had incredible, you know, clients and projects and, you know, was designing office space in California, New York, you know, working in 10, $20 million homes in New York City and the Hamptons and like an extreme amount of wealth that these people have. And, you know, I'd always say to myself, you know, what have they done so differently that they've gotten to this point? And, you know, it was either two things. They were either in finance or they were in real estate. And I'm terrible with numbers. I'm not a finance person, but the whole real estate thing, I could learn that. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, again, at the peak of my career, I was burnt out, unhappy, you know, physically didn't feel well just from long days and hours. And like I said, running around New York City, it was just a hard lifestyle. And at that point, I said, you know what, I've got to make a change. And I I knew I wanted to get into real estate and I just wasn't sure how. Um, But I knew, again, it was going to be probably the only other career that you could get into and make a certain level of money, you know, without having a formal education, right? Like, exactly. as you know, most of the wealthiest people in America are wealthy through real estate. So at the time I thought, okay, like, you know, this is something I can do. And like most other people, I, I started, you know, this is about four, maybe four years ago, uh, three or four years ago with, with bigger pockets, mm-hmm. um, listened to a bunch of podcasts, you know, devoured books. And I made my first mistake, which was getting into single family house flipping. <laughs> We have uh, such a similar story. It's crazy. Like uh, up at, at least from the beginning, like there's, and I think a lot of people do. So I can relate. Like I'm smiling listening to this because it, it's like, wow, those are the exact same things that like I thought and the exact same things that I did. And <laughs> but uh, but keep going because I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, no, it, it's. I think it's a common theme um, amongst people in the multifamily space or that are getting into the multifamily space. So I always like to tell this story. Um, so I, you know, at that point was getting ready to leave New York. One of my dreams was to move to California, live at the beach and, and just have a real lifestyle change. And I started flipping some houses and of all places, I picked Birmingham, Alabama, a, because you can buy a house for $40,000, you know, my backyard of New York, you couldn't get anything for $400,000. So I picked up a couple houses and my original plan actually was to, you know, buy and hold, do the burr strategy. Uh, however, I quickly realized after I bought the first house and very soon after the second house that I was not able to, you know, I bought them with cash, you know, my own personal capital. Um, I was not able to refinance out of them, you know, being a biz, uh, having a newly, I would say two year old business, um, you know, my design firm. I 
like most people don't show a lot on taxes and, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a new business. So in any event, I had, I had the cash, but I couldn't get the refinance out on a, on a, now a, a, a hundred thousand dollar house, right. which to me was just the craziest thing. And I was like, well, this makes no sense. So I decided to flip the houses and, you know, make a long story short, it was so much work and I learned so much and I would not have done anything differently because that to me was the now the fastest route to get into multifamily. Right. So from there, I moved to California. This is 2018, 2019. And I think, okay, I'm, I'm out of my design world. Like that stressed me out. It, it wasn't worth the money. You can have it all back. I'm getting into real estate. So I went ahead and uh, joined a mentorship program, you know, which I of course recommend. There's lots of them out there. Um, I joined Michael Blanc's mentorship program and worked directly with a Josh Aitenton, who I know is uh, one of your guests here yeah, a couple episodes ago. Right. Episode yeah, one hundred and twenty. Check it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Josh, Josh is awesome, and you know the Michael Blanc platform was was really. I had listened to a lot of his podcasts and was really felt that if I'm going to take other people's money and invest in real estate, I needed a formal education. So for me, that was like the college of multifamily, really syndications. So I joined the mentorship program and and it's kind of interesting actually how, how it panned out. You know, this was a little over two years ago. And when you join his program, they get you all set up on the platform. They give you a mentor. And as part of the sales pitch, I guess you could say they're they kind of tell you, or at least the person who told me basically said, you know, quit everything you're doing, invest all of your time in multifamily. If you get one 100 unit deal done, it will replace your income. And I'm sipping the Kool Aid, thinking, like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, I'm going to become this multifamily investor like in a couple months. And it was not the case. You know, what I really learned was that this is a not a get rich quick game. This is right. long term, you know, building teams, partnerships. However, I did identify markets that I wanted to invest in. You know, I got the confidence and education and working with their team and having that platform was, you know, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that. So there there was so much value in it. And I, I also was still a little bit jaded because I thought that I, you know, thought that I could take down some of these deals by myself, which mm. in hindsight I I maybe could have, or I, I should say I definitely could have, but you know, 20, 30 units, like that that would have been a start. Uh and kind of what happened was, you know, it, this was now what over a year and a half. Uh, you know, I, I graduated. You know, graduated from the program. I was kind of bummed. Didn't get any. You know, any deals under my belt. But what I what I did get was aside from an education was I learned really. You know, what it takes to succeed in this business. Mm-hmm. And and for me that was, you know, building relationships and and partnerships. And you know, I invest in Oklahoma, so. I started going to Oklahoma really early on in this process. And this is something I would advise to anybody who's looking to get into multifamily, you know, get to know these people, the brokers, the property managers, you know, other investors, see what they're doing and go to the market and spend time there. And I, I could show that I was serious, but I didn't have any real street cred, right? But showing up and that gained a lot. And it's really kind of set a foundation for, you know, the property that I do have under contract now. But, you know, I went to that market at least three or four times and got to know every single person and say, Hey, I am a serious buyer when the time comes and the deal comes. And, you know, I had been putting out offers and LOIs and nothing had had clicked, but, you know, it wasn't time wasted. I think everybody's journey here 
kind of what I'm getting at is so different, right? Yeah. Like you hear of people that get into the business and, you know, within six weeks or three months, they've already found their first deal and are putting things together. And, you know, I always say my only competition is myself and, you know, I can be a cheerleader for everybody else and certainly try and still continue to add value, which which is another thing I should say, you know, I couldn't necessarily close on deals right away because I didn't have anything or I couldn't hire the property manager I want to use, but I went on to connect to these people with lots of other people in their markets who have done deals with them and, you know, hired them. So, and knowing that, you know, this kind of stuff comes full circle, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, really, really where that led me up to now. So, you know, fast forward two years, I got my first property under contract two weeks ago in Oklahoma City. So congratulations. And and (laughs) really excited. And and what happened too, is I started going to events, right? Like Michael Blanc has events, you know, getting online, connecting with people. And I met my now, you know, business partners, um, Carl York and Tate Seymour from Greenlight Equity here in, in Salt Lake. And I actually met them at one of Michael Blanc's events, not in the summer of 2019. And and we just kept in touch and, and Tate and I you know, I see him on Facebook. I'd be like, what is this guy doing? He's either mountain bike riding. He, he lives in Salt Lake, by the way, as you know, but for the listeners and mountain bike riding, skiing, doing all the things that I always dreamed of. I'm like, this is the kind of life I want to live. And, you know, I kind of almost kind of stalked him on Facebook and I'm not a big social media person. I wasn't at the time. And I, and finally I reached, you know, he was like, come on out, like come hang. So this past summer, I came out to Salt Lake and I was kind of at this point trying to figure out where I was going to move. I would have been living in LA and bi-coastal between New York and it was just not glamorous. And I came out to Utah and really just clicked and there was an opportunity for us to collaborate. And, uh, and also it was an opportunity now for me to move to the mountains, which was a dream of mine. So I am up here in Park City and, you know, uh, one of the other things is I think is so important that I kind of mentioned is just, you know, forming teams, right? Like I said before, this is so not a single person. You can do it all. So, you know, by, by being able to leverage, you know, Greenlight and Tate and Carl and their expertise and, and bring what I knew and the relationships that I had built, you know, we went into this partnership knowing that we could go much bigger, right? We could, we'd have more capital, you know, more confidence, no problem, you know, looking or talking about a hundred plus unit deals. And, you know, ultimately we're, we're under contract, as I mentioned for, you know, my, my first 51 unit property, um, super excited. And, and I wouldn't have been here up until this point without having gone to the market, forming the yeah. teams and more so than anything is just having the mindset of the patience and persistence that, you know, failure was never an option. I said that since day one and, you know, it, there were days when I wanted to give up. You can imagine if you're doing something for two years and you're not really seeing right. a deal come through. Sure. So I think it all goes back to the, you know, when you joined that mentorship program and that there was someone there saying, you know, you can do this overnight and be an overnight success. And I think a lot of people get that impression. And what I'm glad that you brought up here is something that really needs to be told is that it, it doesn't happen overnight, right? Real estate is not a get rich quick program, even with the fix and flips and everything that you learn online, real estate is a wealth building vehicle and it takes time. And as you said, a lot of energy and the right mindset and the right partners. And there's a lot that goes into it. Quitting your job and putting full time into real estate is not necessarily going to get you, you know, where you want to go. But again, I think having that exposure 
to the possibilities definitely helps you, right? Get, you know, get where you are now. Well, yeah. I, I want to just ask you a question about something you said um, earlier also in terms of, in terms of the mindset, right? When you decided that this is something you want to do and doesn't matter what's going to get in the way, right? And before we even circle back to ROI by design and how that developed through this journey, I think that's incredible also because real estate is not necessarily an end-all be-all. It's, not, it's a place that you can take wealth and you can put it and make money, you know, but it's not necessarily just, that's the only way to go. But so my question about mindset is, you know, what's your best advice for someone who's just, they're thinking of, of doing something. They, they want to get involved. They heard about multifamily. They heard about real estate. If, even if it's something else, they want to do something. What are those things that you do practically to make sure that you stay in that right mindset? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I have a lot of answers for all of those questions. But, you know, a, a famous quote, one of Buddha's is what you think you become, right? And having intention with your thoughts and it's easy to get caught up in negative thoughts, but that puts out a negative energy and a negative force and it doesn't attract back, you know, positivity. So even on the deepest of darkest days, there's, you know, you have to have positivity. And for me, it's like really practice gratitude because when you're in a state of gratitude, you and love, and there is no negativity. And it's been a journey. My life wasn't always like that. It's the mental getting, you know, it's also not just mental, it's physical. Like I go to the gym, like my, like having my, my body and my mind be top performing at, you know, all times is so important. So aside from just the food that I put in my body, you know, it's, it's getting enough sleep. You know, I wake up every day at five o'clock in the morning. You know, my morning routine is I meditate the first 15 to 20 minutes. I get into a state of meditation and it's a, you know, I've actually learned this. I have a, a coach and we do a, both a lot of business and personal work. And this is something I've been working on incorporating into my routine. And when you're in a state of meditation and it's a four, four part of, you know, just breathing part one, part two is be thankful, show gratitude, have conversations with people in your life. Um, part three is visualization. I often think of, you know, what is it going to look like to own 500, 1,000, 1,500 doors, or I'm at the equestrian center riding my horse, you know, practicing, you know, jumping, like, you know, really getting in the, in the mode. And then part four is again, going back to just the breathing exercise and stillness. And when you're in that state, you've, you've elevated your mind. Right. Uh, and that frequency carries throughout the day. It's, it's something you have to practice and it, it, it's taken me some time to get into it. Um, and I, like I said, I journal every day. I write down in the morning, 10 things I'm grateful for that I have right now. And 10 things I'm grateful for that I don't have, uh, and so just by doing those little exercises kind of sets the day up for success. And, you know, of course, as I've mentioned, exercise, um, I think that's equally as important, not just your mind, but your body. But yeah, I, I mean, j- going from the W2 job into, you know, owning my own design firms into real estate, it was, it was, there was no linear path. No. Um, you know, when I left my W2 job, I was in probably like one of the lowest points of my life. I had dated somebody that essentially stole all of my money. I was like in the red zone. Wow. I had to call up my parents in my, in my mid late twenties and ask them for money. And that was like, to me, like the most shameful thing I could have ever done in my life. And my dad said to me, he's like, you know, if you don't have the fine, he's you know, typical New York business guy. Like if you don't have the finances, like to start your own business, like you can't, it's not going to work. Don't do it. And I said, I don't believe that. I said, I have so much, 
I believe so much in myself and what I'm doing that I have to take this leap. And if I had never take that leap, I probably would have still, you know, been back working for somebody that it was just miserable. And and the same thing went for real estate. But, you know, to your point, back to this is a, a vehicle for wealth. Yeah. You know, yeah. I have other businesses, right? So so real estate is not the for me, it is my end all be all game. Like I have multiple streams of income. So I have my design firm. I have both a residential design firm. I have ROI by design, which we'll talk about as my commercial design firm. I have a family business where I import textiles from India. So I am like doing multiple things. <laughs> Real estate is, you know, it's been a transition over the last two years. My my greatest desires are to really be focused on it more full time, which is where I am now. But again, that took two years and I've got, we all have bills to pay, right? right. And, exactly. and as you know, real estate, you know, you, you'll get some some cash flow here and most of it goes to the investors, but in some acquisition fees, but until you really get momentum going, like it takes time. So I would advise not quitting your job, although I've heard of some people who have and go full force into it. But, you know, I, I think that's just going to be a chance of yeah. luck. I'm not sure. <laughs> that wasn't my case. But yeah, it was just, again, uh, Hal Elrod has a great book. He, you know, Miracle Morning Millionaires is, is a great one that I love and the miracle equation. And the miracle equation is uh, basically, unwavering faith and you know persistence and possibilities and knowing that you cannot fail because if you put that in your mind you literally cannot fail <laughs> it's so true and it's unwavering faith and extraordinary efforts equal miracles and they happen every day in the craziest ways and i i really believe in that and that's sort of what i've lived by but it's you know again it's all in your mind it is it is and i mean you see I mean, do you see yourself going more full-time into uh, real estate, as you mentioned, a few years down the road? Yeah. It, like, you know, so our ROI by design, which is my multifamily design firm, was the birth of COVID. <laughs> the ultimate pivot point or, right. or whatever you want to call it, you know, the deal flow was low. I was unhappy with, you know, again, back in the residential space doing design and I... It was a really interesting. I, I drove cross country from Los Angeles to New York with my best friend, and we stopped in Sedona, Arizona, which is one of my favorite places. It's just so spiritual. And I um, met with a shaman there and did an astrological reading, which is super cool if you've never done one before. And basically, they pull up the date and time and place that you're born, and they pull up where the stars and planets are aligned. And he knew nothing about me. And, and, you know, one of the key things that stuck out from that experience was he said I was going to have a rebirth of my business. And I kept thinking like rebirth, like, you know, I want to get out of this design world. I've been trying to get into real <laughs> estate and, and the rebirth I'm, I'm driving cross country now was actually an idea I had come up with over a year ago, but never did anything with was ROI by design, which was how can I help other multifamily investors return, you know, increase the return on their assets through cost-effective design and remodeling solutions. I had seen enough properties, as I'm sure you have, that people spend a ton of money on CapEx or interior, exterior, and the end result is just not in line with, with what they've spent. So mm -hmm. I said, you know, this is an opportunity to connect with more people that are not only doing what I aspire to be doing or what I'm working on, but, you know, to help them with their properties. So ROI by, by design was, was born and, and, and just took off. So we're working within all asset classes. Our 
sweet spot is C, B class, but we're doing um, new development as well. And we essentially act as a consultant. We help pick out materials from all the places that you're shopping at already and streamline the process. So everything from exterior branding and signage to paint colors to full-on interior models, common spaces, amenities, game courts, you name it. Like We come up with ideas within you know your scope of work and your budget. And it's really been so exciting because it's so in line with, with, with what my passions are. And, and being able to help other people has just opened up so many doors to getting to now work so closely again with really successful people. And, you know, there's a couple of people who really believed in me and the idea and, and that's all it took, you know, it doesn't, you don't need everybody to be in your corner. Right. You get like a couple of good people uh-huh. who support you. And, you know, whether you do work for less money or for free, like I was, I knew this business would be a huge success. And, you know, I also owed a lot to, I had never, was never really big on social media. So, you know, I probably connected with you, Yona, back, back during the pandemic when I was like, I got to be connecting with people. And, you know, if I'm going to grow this new business, which happened soon after, I, I grew a you know a hundred thousand dollar plus business on LinkedIn. I reached out to people on LinkedIn, or I, excuse me, I had a virtual I have a virtual assistant, and said, "Hey, like this is what we can offer you. How can we how can we collaborate? Right? Mm-hmm. We want to bring value to you and to the community and wow. to your investors. And it's been a beautiful thing. And that's amazing. Love what we're doing, and we're we're expanding rapidly. And so yeah, so." hiring somebody, bringing somebody onto my team to help with the design work and, you know, not getting too caught up, of course, working in the business, but working on the business. And, you know, that has allowed me now more free time to be underwriting deals out and looking at properties, talking with brokers. Um, so I think from this point on, just the the level of scalability is like, I'm just so confident. I know that how things are going to take off. And it's because every single day for two years, I I did something in the space. Wow. Uh, I mean, if if nothing else, right, we have a, an incredible lesson on persistence and uh you know, going after it, you're know, getting getting what you want. But I that's truly amazing that rebirth of your business in a way that has not only, you know, helped, you know, dozens of others in the space, but also yourself because it's really given you the freedom to do, you know, focus on what you really love and what you enjoy and be able to relocate to a place that you want to live in. And, uh, you know, ROI by design, it's really, you know, life, you know, <laughs> life by design. That's really what it's about, right? That's the infinite, infinite uh, ROI. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely designing my, my best possible life and, um, you know, being able to work virtually and for the first time, you know, our business model is virtual for the most part. So we're working with people all over the country and I'm no longer stuck to helping people in New York or just in LA because our presence is now everywhere, which is so fun. Yeah. Um, and we're fortunate enough that we do get to visit some of these properties and, you know, meet the owners face to face. And there's nothing more valuable than that. And, and, you know, getting to go see these properties, I mean, places that have been really near condemned, like terrible, terrible living situations and know that you've helped be a part of this is so awesome. It's really rewarding. And, um, you know, it, it fills, fills me up. my fills my tank. I'm, I'm happy about it. What I'm doing. Well, well good for you. That's awesome. Chelsea, I want to transition now and jump right into the final four, which, uh, four questions I ask all my guests and you probably know what they are. The first question I'm going to ask you is what is the worst job that you've ever had? 
I think worse job was, was probably correlates to a worse boss. Um, I worked for an architectural design, like they call it an AD 100 top designers. I mean, it's in every architectural digest magazine. I had a stint for about six years or six months, excuse me, six years would have been terrible, six months. And she was just downright not a nice person. And the projects were a mess. And you just, you know, what's behind closed doors? Like you just don't know somebody or a business until you really, until you really know them or work for them. And things can look great on the outside, but just, yeah, every day I, I wanted to cry going to work. So <laughs> it was terrible, but it was a stepping stone to the next opportunity. Okay. Well, I'm um, uh, sorry for bringing that back up. Uh, I'm sure... <laughs> Oh, sure. It was, uh, does not sound like a good situation. And oftentimes, you know, the worst jobs really ref- you have a lot to do with, uh, with the people. And that reflects a lot on, on who we are because, mm-hmm. you know, that's surrounding yourself with the right people is really the key to success. So thanks for sharing that bad memory. Um, <laughs> now that I think about it, why do I ask this question? No, that's good. <laughs> it's good. Second question for you. What is a book you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Oh, that. That's an easy one for me. Uh, Unbroken is one of my absolute favorite movies by Laura Hillbrand. It also, I think, became a movie and just an incredible story again on a persistence and, and patience and you know a World War II uh, basically hero flying an airplane crashes in the middle of the ocean and is in a you know basically a dinghy sur- waiting for survival in the middle of nowhere and you know just the again goes back to the mindset and it you know, that book set, set my mind up for some really, really challenging things that happened in my life. And I can equate getting through that and being in the right mindset back to that book. It was super powerful for me. Wow. Awesome. Okay. We're going to put that in the, uh, in the show notes Unbroken. Definitely, uh, check that out and put it on our reading list. Thank you. Third question for you is going to be, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? I don't know if it's necessarily a talent, but I'm really focused right now on growing my social media presence. I've pretty much been a pretty private person, but I realize in, you know, in this business, it's, you know, sharing value and and spreading the word and opportunities and, you know, helping others. And so, yeah, getting out there a bit more. It's been a big takeaway. I was just at uh, Tim Bratz's mastermind in Austin last week or the week before. And, you know, it's just, you know, what's going on in social media is the consensus was if you're not doing it, you're not growing your business, <laughs> as you know. Yeah, and it's been such a powerful much. tool, like, it, you know, connecting with you amongst thousands of other people, like it's, it's been invaluable. Um, but for me, it's, it's not something that comes easy, right? So <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. I definitely yeah. can. It was not something that came easy to me either uh, a few years ago. And I'm not really that, that's so good. At it. I mean, but apart from LinkedIn, you know, other things, it's it's challenging. But you, I, I think with, uh, you know, who you are, and especially with your business, and, and the multi, you know, combining the multifamily with the design, with everything like that, like, I would think Instagram would be like a great place for you to kind of grow that. That's just my, my opinion, having to with the images and pictures and like that, and you're shaking your head. <laughs> no, 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 no. Where it's like, it's like all platforms. I mean, there's always the great debate is, you know, people are like, oh, TikTok's the best thing or Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, I don't like, I thought 12 year olds make videos on TikTok. <laughs> 
It's incredible. There's a guy who I want to have on the, bring on this podcast. I've invited him a couple of times. He's got like 30 some thousand, 40,000 followers on Instagram. And I I check Instagram maybe like once a day or something like that, but he's always the one that I check. He's got these incredible videos and it's all about real estate, really smart guy. And he does these, t- they're TikTok videos that he posts to Instagram. I guess that you can do, I don't, I don't know how Ryan TikTok works. Is it Ryan No, I don't Ryan He's good too. But um, this guy's name is Elliot Alcuri. He's um, okay. Ace, invest with Ace. His name. Anyways, he has like, you know, like a million followers or something, like half a million on, on TikTok. But it's incredible. Like he's running this multifamily business, you know, and it's wholesale business and fix and flips and investment properties. And he's just sharing this incredible information and he's doing it all from, you know, he's growing this business through TikTok and Instagram. It's just incredible. Yeah. I think, you know, one of the takeaways too, from this event, Tucker Max, the author of, I hope they serve beer in hell. He was at the event. And one of the things he said is like, everybody has a story to tell. And if you can just get a couple people to relate or to help them in some way, you've added value. So rather than looking at it, you know, if I can help one person or if I can help a thousand people, I've done something good. And, you know, something, somebody can learn from my mistakes or whatnot, then I think that's, that's a win. (laughs) Yeah. Very cool. And so that's a great segue to our fourth and final question, which is what does success mean to you? You know, success to me is, uh, of course, I have goals that are, you know, financially uh, related, but a lot of the success I think is, you know, being fulfilled, uh, fulfilled in your, your personal relationships, your, your business, your family, you know, the activities, like the things that you love to do. And and for me, that's creating a really meaningful life and having time, right? Because if we don't have time, we can't have a lot of things. So yeah, that, you know, to me, I'm, I'm uh, one of the things I work on, we talk to my coach, he's like, you know, if you're not happy with where you are now, even if you have all of those things like way out there, it's not going to feel any different. So mm-hmm. you also have to just, you know, appreciate what you have. Right. And um, n- that you don't, we, you don't need, don't, you can't let things control you. We don't need anything. We want things, but we need very little when it comes down to it as people. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great distinction. I think a lot of people, and it's all about, you know, labeling things the right way. Like, do you need something? Do you want something? You know, can you, you know, th- these kind of things and just kind of labeling things like that, you know, I need to do so. No, you don't need to, I, I want to. Right. And so it's really changing your wants, changing mm-hmm. your desires or your, you know, um, to match what you believe is the right thing to do, right? So that, or you know, what feels good, or what you what you view as success. And I love that you said that you know we don't need these things. And I think that's such a a powerful principle. When you are grateful for what you have, you're you can be the happiest person in the world with very little. And I know personally, like I've I know some people that they live literally in like one room, uh, mm-hmm. tiny apartments with the family, you know, and 10 kids in one room. It's crazy if you think about it, but there are people like that and they're the happiest people, um, I've ever met. And, um, it just goes to show you, you don't, it's not physical things, not possessions that bring you happiness or true wealth or success. So I'm glad we're, we're on the same wavelength on that challenge, but last and but not least, where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Maybe on social media by the time this airs, but <laughs> You know, I think I think the easiest place is probably LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. Just Chelsea, C H E L S E A Garber, G A R B E R. 
Um, you can, you know, if you can find me on LinkedIn, you can find me pretty much anywhere else. Shoot me a message, friend request. You know, I just like talking with people and, you know, let's, let's chat and see how we can help each other. That's what it's all about. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for, for joining us for this time. It's been a pleasure. It's love to, you know, hear a lot more about your backstory. Likewise. Thank you so much, Yona, for everything you do and, uh, for all the listeners out there. It's uh, an incredible podcast. Love being here with you. Thank you. And you gave me such an awesome review. I mean, probably like one of the best reviews I ever got. Seriously. I star. So so one of my one of my inside jokes, Kate and I, I think I, I wrote it on my bio is, you know, I I'm I'm living a five star life. And what what does that mean to you, right? To me, that's <laughs> that's living in Park City. That's you know, skiing on a powder day. <laughs> traveling, awesome. spending time with family and friends. And you know, you have a five-star podcast, but I mean, every, every bit of that. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that very much. And, and to our listeners, thank you again for joining us and listening in. And remember the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I wanna hear from you guys. So I wanna hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.